Hey, y'all, from NPR, I'm Sam Sanders. It's been a minute. If you are listening to this show on Tuesday in the U.S., happy Election Day. If you're anything like me, you're probably tired of hearing about Election Day. I am. So today on this show, we have some counter-programming for you. I'm talking with Abby Jacobson. Abby is a star and co-creator of the Comedy Central show Broad City. And she has a new book out. It's called I Might Regret This. Essays, drawings, vulnerabilities, and other stuff. The idea behind this book is pretty simple and also very brave. A while back, Abby had a bad breakup. To get over it, she decided to take a three-week road trip across the country, New York to L.A., and write all about it. This book is part confessional essay, part diary, and totally relatable. Who among us hasn't wanted to get the hell out of Dodge after getting dumped? So Abby talks me through her book and her journey in this chat. But also, we talk about Broad City. Abby and her co-star on the show, Alana Glazer, they created the show originally as a web series. The fifth and final season of the show is airing next year on Comedy Central. If you haven't already seen Broad City, change that ASAP. Uh, The show is this wonderfully wacky, almost absurdist comedy all about two women in their 20s navigating life in New York. Here's a little clip. Abby speaks first. Oh, God. It's so ridiculous that we can't, like, control the heat in our own apartments. It's like, we're old enough to drink, we're old enough to chaperone a high school dance, to vote. Like that to anything. But to control your own temperature? No. Some, Some crazy landlord in the sky gets to do that. And I was this close to being able to afford the hot dream Q20X space heater. It's the one that Drew Barrymore uses. Do you like get her credit card statements or something? I think she's got Abby and Alana struggle with money and relationships. They make fart jokes. They smoke weed. They're messy and unkempt. They basically get to do all the things we usually only see guys do on screen. All right, with that, here is our chat. Abby and I met up the day her book was released and just a few days after she and Alana wrapped their last days of shooting Broad City. Here we are in NPR's New York studios. Can I tell you the first bit? The first question I have is, hellos, then in all caps, we have a lot in common. Yeah. We're both 34. Yeah. Uh, we it's both, a, it feels good. It like feels a good real, age, right? You survived the Jesus year, <laughs> which is a lot, right? When's your birthday? August 17th. Okay. So you're Where are we at? We I'm are honestly in... like, what month are we <laughs> yeah. in? October. October. So you turned 34 in February? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm a little, I'm getting a little like, yeah. uh-oh. 35? Oh, it, that feels a little different, right? Yeah. Did 30 scare, 30 freak me out? It did for me. It, it did a little bit, but this feels different. This was different. Yeah. Well, it's also like know. you, and you have this line in your book. On page 65, is there a point when you stop feeling like you're 18? Do you think 35 will be that for you? I hope not. It's fun to feel 18. And what that really means is, like, do you feel adult like you, and mature and Like respond- you figured it out. Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, just looking at my parents and anyone kind of older, mm-hmm. they have something figured out. They've managed yes. to figure out how to live. Yes. But I think that feeling like you're still a kid is it remains. And it's good. It's good. It's good. I definitely still feel 18. I, I, I'm always waiting for someone to be like... Actually, you have no money. That's not your apartment. That's not your real job. Go back to high school. Also, like, I'm about to go on this book tour, and it's like every time I'm in a hotel by myself, I'm like, wow. Jump on the bed. I live live by myself. (laughs) Yes. But I'm like, I'm in a hotel. I'm like, 
I'm going to get room service. Ah. Let me just check out what's in this, like, mini fridge. It's like I am a child. Oh, yeah. Let loose. Yes, yeah. I, I get it. It's good, though. Again, I say we're, we have a lot in common. We do. Here, I, I have a list. Okay, we both like <laughs> Oprah. We're both 34. We both think that Bonnie Raitt's I Can't Make You Love Me is one of the saddest songs in the world. I've actually played that song after a breakup. Uh, we both are insomniacs. We both love rom-coms, including My Best Friend's Wedding. We both get down with Marfa. It's my happy place. Oh. We're we're we are, twins. We are twins. We're twins. Wow, I love this. Yeah. So I just discovered Marfa on the trip. I've yeah. been one more time since. Uh-huh. It's it's just so peaceful. Which I love. Did you go to the bar where it's like a fire inside and a teepee on top? No. Girl, we got to go back. I'm going to show I you. I know. I didn't go to I'm all the show you the ways. That's part of the book, how I didn't I know, do I all the this. things you're supposed well, to do. We're talking about this book. we got to describe to our listeners what this book is. Um, it is a simple and beautiful premise. You have a hard breakup. To get over it, you say, I'm going to drive across the country, New York to L.A. in three weeks, but I'm going to write it all down. That's kind of awesome. Thanks. Is that your idea? Yeah. You know, I didn't. I wrote it the year after I got back mm-hmm. just because if I was writing while I was on it, I wouldn't have. Yeah, you know, wouldn't have enjoyed but it. I, I took notes and a lot of photos yeah. and really was paying attention, you know, trying to keep track of like all the all the things I did. I knew I was going to write it. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what the book was going to be. Huh. But I'm such a, and I write about this too, that I'm such a workaholic that in order for me to take a vacation, I had to make it a project. So I had you to- You made it work almost. <laughs> I made it a book. <laughs> yeah. Which just sounds like a crazy person, but also I'm so happy I did that. Yeah. But, you know- Broad City is very personal in some ways, but mm. I'm like hiding behind a character. Mm. Which is based on you, though. It's t- so based on me. Yeah. But this is, I like needed to write this. I needed to get it out of my system. And also, there's not a lot of people in the in TV that are openly queer. Yeah. And that also did come to that later in life. Yeah. And that... Also, you know, I I think I have a specific experience, and Very I was like, do. I think some people will get something from and it. relate to it. Yeah, I feel like it is relatable. So you mentioned casually that you're queer. Um, the breakup we forgot to mention such a, ca- a good yeah. casual Just, mention, right? Well, you know, queer. The, the breakup that that sparked this journey and this cross country trip and this book. It was a breakup with a woman. Yeah, and this was the first woman you'd ever dated. You were with men before that, so yeah. it was a lot going on. Were you scared about talking publicly about your first same-sex relationship? I was not um, – I don't think I was nervous to talk about it because mm-hmm. it wasn't a secret mm-hmm. in my life. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, w- I, I had only dated – I'm 34 now. I dated a woman when I was 32. Yeah. You know, yeah. so it wasn't – Yeah. I think part of me f- had always – or in the past couple of years has just felt, oh, this isn't something that I – struggled with so that was kind of like this guilt where i was like oh this is something that i'm so happy about mm-hmm. knowing about myself now yeah i am i wish i hadn't known this about myself earlier like but it wasn't something that i was struggling with as a like kid burden. no and that i kind of feel guilty that i didn't have to oh be I glad you didn't to, be i am glad you happy didn't. I didn't. <laughs> but there is a thing of me like writing about mm. this you know transitional period for me and it was besides the breakup part of it the mm. actual coming uh to terms with that part of who I am is was fairly easy mm-hmm. but it's interesting so I I was so happy I I'd, I'd already been writing the book but mm-hmm. 
I did an interview with Vanity Fair last year mm-hmm. from a film I did. Mm-hmm. And the interviewer, it was such a weird series of questions. She was like, I don't understand how you're single. Huh. <laughs> I, like, I don't know. Weird question. She was to like, ask I mean, you, you're like such a catch. You're like doing all those things. What kind of guy are you into? And in that interview, it was a phone interview. In the mm-hmm. interview, I was like, oh, this is not a secret about me. Yes. Since I dated women, I yes. have dated women since this yeah. this breakup. Yeah. It's not a secret. I but I realized, oh, no one no knows one about me. How did you say it in that interview? You're just like. And so I, I mean, I, I don't know if I said it as clearly as I would have if I knew that was coming. But I said, I date, I actually date men and women. Yeah. I think I said I go both ways. <laughs> <laughs> so late nineties. But I was like. I, you know, I I, re- I knew when I did it that that was going to be like news. some clickbait thing yeah. from them. But I yeah. also was so relieved in a way because I was writing this already. And it was going to come out anyway. And I didn't, you know, I guess if that hadn't happened, this would have been like a, what? <laughs> <laughs> you know, with glasses up. Yeah, yeah. And I was, I was just so surprised because um, yeah. it wasn't a secret yeah. in my life totally. in general. Yeah. All right, time for a break. When we come back, Abby tells me why the final season of Broad City will be the show's most vulnerable yet. Support for NPR and the following message come from ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. ZipRecruiter's powerful matching technology finds the right people for you and actively invites them to apply. That's why ZipRecruiter is rated number one by employers in the U.S. based on hiring sites with over 1,000 reviews on Trustpilot. And right now, listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com minute. The midterms are finally here. There's a lot of anticipation for the results, and the NPR Politics Podcast will be in your feed Wednesday morning to break down what happened. But if you can't wait that long, you can head to our feed now for what to watch for on election night. A lot of this book is like you dealing with the breakup, you dealing with issues of work-life balance, you just trying to slow down. But I also love that a big chunk of it is you being comfortable being alone, traveling alone, eating alone, being alone in public. There's this scene where you talk about going to eat a meal alone on this road trip as one would do on a solo road trip and you're incredibly self-conscious about it. What was the self-consciousness wrapped up in and how did you overcome it? You mean at the bed and breakfast? Yes, that's what it was. Um, I was in Asheville. Yes. And I had this like romanticized idea of like staying in an inn or a bed and breakfast of, mm-hmm. of it being so charming. a TV show inspired it. Which Gilmore show? Girls. Yeah. But also I think it was because I was had researched Asheville and there are so many bed and breakfasts. Yeah. It's like the, the land of like big porches, big, and, big and, verandas. And tie-dye. Yeah. yeah. So much tie-dye there. Very crunchy. Yes. Which yes. is, it, it's a great town. I like it. Um, And then when I got there, it was like, duh, this is like a romantic place. Yeah. A bed and breakfast is like a romantic getaway for like kind of older couples. And the thing about a bed and breakfast is you got to eat the breakfast with the other people. With the other people, there's no menu. <laughs> You're it's so intimate. But you didn't realize it until the morning when you woke no, up. No, I didn't realize it until like I got downstairs like until I was like on my way downstairs I was like I'm the only one that's by myself. And you're a woman, which I think for and you factored a little bit. Yeah, and I mean, I, I there's this push and pull I have with um, loving being alone. I need, 
even when I have been in relationships, I need my, like, I'm one of those people where I'm like, let's be alone together. Yeah. I, like, need space so yeah. much. Do you think people look at women alone eating or drinking or whatever and, like, think things about them? Yeah, and that's, I talked about how I think it's also the the representation of it in movies, in in fiction, in in media is a woman alone is is I think Sad. I write seen as inherently pathetic. It's funny. I was reading the part about you talking about being alone and the self consciousness of being alone as a woman in public. I was reading that part while I was sitting alone at a bar reading your book, and I remember reading it. I was like, had my little beer, had taken notes, had the book, and I was like, I look cool. I remember telling myself, <laughs> yeah. I look cool. I'm a dude, you know? And it's just like an alternate but reality. whenever I see women that are alone, I'm like, that's rad. You're oh, rad. Yeah. Like, I, and I, it's, it's kind of like a conversation with myself where it's like, no. Yeah. This is good that you're doing yeah. this alone. But I, you know, it's a back and forth. How did the journey and the book and the process change the way you think about being alone? Did it? It definitely allowed me the opportunity to write about all the nuances of feeling that way. Mm-hmm. Just the the act of writing this and finishing it and really being, um, like I really like it, even <laughs> though I'm scared. It kind of terrifies yeah, me yeah, that yeah. it's out into the world. Yeah. I do really like it. Good. Uh, so I think I'm just secure with my insecurities. Like I feel okay with them. I give you snaps. Yeah. I give you snaps. Yeah. I also just love how much you share. Like there's... You can write a confessional book and not be as confessional as you were. Like, you tell us the story of, like, giving a dog back. <laughs> I would have never told that story. I should have just fostered the dog for a week. But you didn't do that. I didn't do that. <laughs> like, I, if I just fostered rather than adopted, it would have been a different story. Yes. You're ado- so you adopt this dog in the midst of taping Broad City. I was just sad. I was really depressed. and we I forget, were sh- was this after the breakup? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um. We were shooting the fourth season of the show, mm-hmm. and I, I've, I've wanted a dog for so long, and I'd been looking, and I was just like, I felt like that would be the the answer for me to like take care of this thing, to throw my energy and yeah. like my love that I was like, yeah, like I couldn't find, yeah. you know, kind of yeah. into this dog, and I only had her for a week, and it was a week, full week of shooting, except there was a blizzard. And there was one day where we had to cancel production, which we never do because mm-hmm. of this blizzard. We shoot so much outside, and mm-hmm. so we had no choice. And I was home alone with this dog. Mm-hmm. It was like the walls were, like, moving in <laughs> on me. You know, I thought it would just make me not depressed anymore and happy again. And um, I just realized, like, this is not good for either of us. Yeah. And so I was very lucky that the foster family took would take her back so and then got placed in another home and, and so she's good now she's better than what she would have been with me what did you want readers to get from that story that sometimes you up when you know like I, that was that felt like a big up mm-hmm. and that felt like a like a relief quick decision that i made in the heat of being so depressed mm-hmm. and the thing we all do yeah i mean ugh, even right now i'm like I really would love to have a dog at some point in my life. I'm so terrified of it now. Yeah. I was thinking about that story in the book. And you telling that story is inher- inherently different than perhaps 
telling this story as a plot point in Broad City? Oh, without a doubt. Like this, Broad City is the most fun I've ever had doing something. It looks like it. But also, I was writing this on top of when we were writing season five. Okay. And the show, I mean, we just wrapped the show on Friday. Wow. This past Friday. Yeah, shooting. Uh, we still have posts, so yes. we'll still be in the edit for a couple yeah. months. But we just finished, which I haven't been able to process because I just like moved on to this now. Yeah. But um, this is the final season. Mm-hmm. Wow. So I was writing this sort of at night on, and on the weekends while we were writing that. Huh. And this season, without a doubt, is the most vulnerable just because mm. it ends. Yeah. And we are, it goes there for sure. It's like way more vulnerable about um, Alana and my friendship and the relationship and um, growing up. Yeah. Uh, so I think that as Alana and I have both grown up, like we want we both have been infusing more of that into our work. Mm. And maybe writing this book at the same time you finished up season five was helpful. Without a doubt. Yeah, and also, I mean, there are still so many things in the show that are about me and that I I tackle it in a more humorous way on the show. Mm -hmm. But I'm really excited about the season. I I infuse a lot of of things that I'm really proud of. So it's not all humor in, in this last season? I mean... I think every episode still has humor. Yeah. It's, there's, yeah. We don't go like drama. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it still has a lot of heart in it. All right, time for one more break. When we come back, Abby talks about when Broad City gets political and the time during election 2016 when they had Hillary Clinton on the show for a cameo appearance. I can't afford to volunteer her full time, but I still want to get the word out. So I vow to tweet once a week, vote for Hillary Yas, yas, yas. That would be great. BRB. The following message comes from our sponsor, Capital One. Would you know if someone applied for credit using your social security number? If not, listen to Joe Whitchurch, head of the CreditWise app, talk about the new SSN tracker his team recently released. While identity fraud is something everyone needs to be worried about, we want to make it easy and seamless for them to become aware of anybody attempting to use their identity without their knowledge or permission. CreditWise is free for everyone, whether you're a Capital One customer or not. You can find CreditWise in your app or Play Store now. Florida is one of only three states that don't let ex-felons vote. I'm 73 years old. I don't have no more criminal background. I work. I pay taxes. I'm a good person. Why can't they let me vote? Hear why that might change on Embedded. You are going to be finishing this show, and it's been on. It will have been on for five seasons. And over, I feel like, the five seasons, what we allow women to be on screen and what we think of women as on screen has changed. When you put this show into the world on TV for the first time, it was in many ways so groundbreaking, and it was women behaving badly in a way Mm -hmm. that we are not used to. It's less groundbreaking now, and that is a good thing. Yeah. What has been the biggest shift in your mind in the way that the culture has treated the Abby and Alana of Broad City over those seasons? Yeah, it's interesting. It's like we were able to show, yeah, like the slacker, you were as slacker as the dudes. Yeah. And yeah, we were able to up just as much as they are. And and now, you know, we're at a weird, weird isn't the word, we're, at a, we're in like a 
sad time, kind of, but also, you know, on the flip side, very empowering time. Mm -hmm. But also, like, if you're not in New York or L.A. or one of these big cities or Mm -hmm. or kind of a liberal area, Mm -hmm. I still think that's, like, not a lot has changed. Did you read the chapter that Anne Helen Peterson wrote about you guys in her book, Too Fat, Too Slutty, Too Loud? She has a chapter on you guys. And it talks about the almost transgressive feminism that you present. And it is because you are white women of a certain age in a certain part of Brooklyn, you are allowed to be entirely unencumbered and carefree mm-hmm. in a way that is like almost privilege on privilege. Oh, yeah. Like Without a doubt. Being a liberal woman and white and in Brooklyn and young and unattached and not having to raise kids or pay a mortgage. Like, yeah. it's the freest any woman can ever be. Almost. Yeah. And so it's like we try to comment on the fact that we are these like two dumb white girls <laughs> and not dumb all the time. I think I, I love the characters, but we do we do play that up a lot. Yeah. So the more we did, it, the more we tried to comment on that. And I think in the other work I do besides Broad City, the other shows, especially I, I try to have it not just be my point of view. On purpose, so yes. I'm like not just telling yes. my experience, yeah. and try to work with people that have a different experience than mine and, and help them. Yeah, totally. yeah. When you launched the show or were pitching the show, FX turned it down because what did they say? It was too girly or something. What did they say? They, about? I mean, they we worked with them for a year on it. It's crazy, and then they just which said, no. happens so much. You know, you I'd be pissed. With, I mean, we were, we were. It was more like devastated than pissed because we were like this thing that I never thought would happen is happening, and then, then it wasn't. it's not. What did they say when they said no? They, I mean, it was such a, it was that it was too girly. And this was at a time where I think Girls was either in development or was in its first but season. But it hadn't happened. It was still like, okay. A new girl was on, yeah. and I mean, obviously Sex and the City had been on, but there just like wasn't that much. Well, you think now any network exec would be ashamed to tell a woman that's too girly. It feels like it's a thing you can say less now. Do you think that's the case? I don't know. Yeah, m- maybe. Hopefully. <laughs> I, I would hope so. And the thing is, is like, I think they I think they probably meant this is too girly for the demographic of the network. FX's demo. But I will say, I think Comedy Central's demo is primarily men. And it worked there. Yeah, or at least it's half, you know, or it's like very yeah, close yeah, yeah. to being equal. And like, that's the, the thing that a, a show with women is only for women. That's yeah. like the problem. Whereas like I the Sopranos was for everybody. Exactly. Constantly. Yeah. So why, like, you know, that's the thing of of this ingrained feeling that, this ingrained like narrative that you, we can only relate to people that look exactly like us. It's like, that's, that's not right at all. Yeah. Or there can only be one female show mm-hmm. per network. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you think that's gotten better since the show's been on the air? Like from season one to now, are we better in that regard? A little bit, I think, but the other shows I've I've worked on and pitched too. It's a little bit like, but and it also makes sense. It's like, well, we have a show similar to that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But there are so it's many. A little bit better. But every network wants four or five shows with like a middle aged white anti hero man. Exactly. But if you're talking about women, if you're oh. talking about black people, mm-hmm. if you're talking about uh, gay people, if you're mm-hmm. talking about any other group but white dudes. It's like we already have a gay show. And at that point, it's not diversity. It's tokenism. Yes. And like, honestly, I'd be like to have one and tokenized to me is not that much better than having none. And then, I mean, I'm in this 
I'm not going to talk about it. Oh, uh, yes, we are, girl. No, no, no. I'm just like in this situation again, and it's like- With making a new show or something? Making no, just new stuff? Like, I've, like I read about it in the book where it's like, it's all fueled by money, and mm-hmm. obviously, and like the demographic is fueled by the advertising that pays for the show, mm-hmm. and that's, you know, so much of the advertisers will only advertise to the demo. It, it's like a It's a self-perpetuating, is, yes. Yeah. So, you know, that's why I write that I'm so thankful for Comedy Central because their demo is primarily was mm-hmm. young dudes. I think mm-hmm. it's changing a little bit, maybe, hopefully since we've been on the air. But they took that risk and they were like, we're going to make this show. Yeah. And now the advertisers want to advertise. Exactly. One of the things that I loved about the show is that it leaned into politics in a very clear and distinct way. Um, Hillary Clinton was on the show during the campaign <laughs> yeah. season. Looking back on how you tackled politics, what would you keep? What would you have changed? I don't think I would have changed anything because it. it I, I really love how the show came out. Having Hillary on was such a bananas thing. She seemed like game as She hell. was so game. And she, she, I mean, she was, we were going, we, before we shot it, we were like, all right, we're going to... You're going to walk. We're like blocking out. You're going to walk in. We're going to go nuts. Thank thank you, Ilana. Thank you for all of your help. You know of me? Well, you're wearing a name tag. And so she is just cracking up at us. Like she didn't, we didn't know, she didn't know what we were going to do. Abby, hello. (laughs) Proud demo. Krat. College. (laughs) Aquarius. And she was such a pleasure. And she wasn't with us for that long, rightfully so. She had like more important things to do. Yeah. But it was I I'm, I wished people got to see that version of her because she was like she's very warm in you think person. They'll ever see that? I don't know. I, I it makes me so sad the way people treated her, and the thing that I like was very conflicted with. It, it felt like just because we were pro Hillary, it felt like people felt like we were anti Bernie, uh. and that's the first time where I like it made me like. I try to stay off social media mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, comments and things, yes. but it was a lot when we had Hillary. Really? I mean, still, I think people like, they're like, you're over, like, we were never watching the show again. And it's like, okay. Do you think a lot of dudes watched the show thinking you were Bernie just because of who you are? Oh, people were like, they the, the characters would be Bernie support. And we're like, <laughs> I think the we know them. <laughs> I'm like, I'm sorry. I, I was so like distraught were by mad. that. But I'm not – I don't regret having her on at all. Yeah. That was such a powerful thing to have her on yeah. in both ways, like for her – like for the show and I think just for her to like acknowledge that this is like her demo – like a demo that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that loves her too. But yeah, yeah I mean that was – I yeah. loved that. Yeah. Um, going back to the book a little bit, you finish this journey. I felt closure finishing this book. And I felt like you were in a good place, but I had two questions about how conclusive it is. Have you forgiven her? Are you at peace with her? You have this wonderful interlude where you imagine these hypotheticals of seeing her on the street, but I yeah. still couldn't tell at the end. Have you forgiven her? Because she broke your heart. That's a really good question. I don't know. Still? Yeah, I'm not sure. Wow. And I maybe I'm just like a... Yeah, I'm not sure. Okay. Which is fine. As you yeah. say in the book, it's okay. Yeah. I don't know how. I don't know exactly how I feel about all that stuff. I know which of my exes I have not forgiven yet. 
I know exactly who they are. Yeah. So maybe that means you have forgiven if you don't know. Maybe. Uh, there was <laughs> one more little indirect question I had for you. I loved this turn of phrase you have in the book. You said, quote, the things we are most afraid of are the things that will ultimately change our whole makeup. Um, did you figure out what you're most afraid of on this trip and how has it changed you or how are you hoping it changes you? Yeah, I mean, writing the book was one of the most ter- – like today I've been terrified that this is out there. Really? But I know – how important it was for me. Yeah. I mean, even the year the year of like the break, the year that I was devastated, that was probably the most growth I've ever had in my mm-hmm. life. Even like I read about asking a woman out for the first time. Yeah. And it was like this this like aha moment that was uh-huh. like, oh, if she was a guy, I would ask her out. It's an Oprah phrase. I always aha yeah, moment. I, love it. I would I was yeah. asking guys out all the time. You wrote about that, yeah. The only reason I'm not asking her out is because she's a she. Mm-hmm. But it was terrifying. Mm-hmm. But it's completely changed my whole life. Yeah, I think it's that. I mean, exactly why I pitched the book to make myself like I pitched it with like trembling hands. Really, to make myself do this because it scared the shit out of me. Uh. Same with, I mean, everything. There are so many scenes on Broad City that I'm like, what? We write it, and then I'm like, well, she'll deal with that. <laughs> that actor that does it uh, and then it's me like yeah. a month later doing it yeah yeah a lot of my my life seems to be me forcing myself to do things that scare me and you're cool with that it's the only thing i have yeah it's like it's like <laughs> that in productivity okay. i'm like it's it's just a good tool i think where i'm like if this scares me yeah i think those things are the things you have to like run toward Many thanks to Abby Jacobson. Her book is called I Might Regret This. Essays, drawings, vulnerabilities, and other stuff. Broad City's final season will air next year on Comedy Central. We are back with you before then, on Friday to be exact, for our wrap of the week of news. For that episode, as always, you can share the best thing that happened to you all week. Just record yourself. Send that file to me at samsanders at npr.org. samsanders at npr.org. You might hear yourself in the podcast, on the radio. You could be famous. All right. Till Friday. Thanks for listening. I'm Sam Sanders. Talk soon. Listener.